Hello, hello, everybody. My name is Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it today. I have a special guest. I have Joe here who will be talking about the importance of a relationship with God. You know, that's something to really think about. So, Joe, why don't you go ahead and fully introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name's Joe Rocky, as he said there. I've been doing a lot of different things in my life, but one of the things that I'm pretty much most proud of is in 2017, I started a podcast with a priest named Father Boniface Hicks, and it's called Father and Joe. And we essentially look at day-to-day life activities and kind of realize that we're not the end-all be-alls as, as just being people here on this planet and look at a, what is a relationship with God? What does that look like? But most importantly, what is the practical benefits of us getting out of it? Realizing that as individuals, especially as Americans, we tend to be a little bit selfish, kind of what am I going to get out of this type thing? And relationships are one of these things that are joyous that the more you put into it, the more both people get out of it. There's not too many things in the life that are like that. You know, you put more gas in your car, you get to go somewhere, but you got to keep refilling it. But when you're in a healthy, good relationship, both people are putting something into it and both people are getting something out of it, even if they're not exactly the same thing. So we kind of look at at those types of emphasis, as well as trying to look at as trying to, to be a person who's trying to have a relationship with God. You know, there's certain things that are just don't do's and do's. And we look at, you know, human events in life that are going on and saying, you know, how should I feel about this in that? So to give you an example, one of the latest episodes we had was this crazy guy in Russia just decided to invade a completely different country and start killing people. How should we feel about that? So that's the type of things that we discuss as well as everything from, you know, sometimes I think God is more of a concept and not necessarily feeling in my heart. Like, does that make me a bad person? Like, am I doing something wrong? Like I can conceptualize God. I'm not totally sure I I feel it in, you know, the warm and fuzzies that you get on like a first date or something like that. So we look at all kinds of different capacities. We've been doing it, like I said, for five years and basically every type of either moral or practical issue that could have come up, we've discussed in one capacity or another. Yeah, it's actually pretty fascinating. I was actually looking on the website on Father and I, and it really got me interested. I was I was actually listening to the last one before we jumped on the call, and it really got me thinking that you really ask those questions that in some way, shape, or form we thought about in some way, but we're not very honest about expressing those questions because out of fear of perception, you know, fear of how someone's going to perceive me. Are they going to question my faith? Are they going to question, you know, my actual relationship? Do I actually have a relationship? relationship with God. And and I think one of the important things that I've experienced and I've come to realize is that each relationship with God is different. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Every individual in the world will experience God on their own time, in their own way, and at the right time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes time for people to realize, you know, it's God speaking to me and it's God trying to re-guide me and redirect me. But I think it's great that you're doing this podcast so that people can freely listen without having the pressures, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's great that you were able to get with an actual pastor and a priest because sometimes people want that religious background, you know, the knowledge and the education to fully understand what's going on because somebody can write a book about God, but that's not going to make them feel better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the end of the day, he's an authority and I'm just trying to get through life. I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of the way that, you know, I'm, I'm a regular everyday person. I'm not a priest. He is, he's been trained in this for decades, you know, really he's in charge of seminary formation. So he's actually teaching other people. So not only is he a priest, he's a teacher of other priests. So in terms of the authority and knowledge there, absolutely. And 
And to your point of everyone's relationship is different. And that's because, you know, we're all different. This, this concept of trying to make everyone the same, everyone think the same is just, it's not going to work because we're all are inherently different. We all have inherently different things that motivate us, that make us want to wake up and do stuff in the morning. And that's kind of the, the joy of the podcast structure. As you said, there is, there is no pressure to it. You know, yeah. we can do it on our own time. You know, no one ever goes back and like judges you based upon the podcast you're watching or sharing or anything like that. And you can really dive into to some specific things that are going to be, you know, maybe something you're struggling with, maybe something you know around you is struggling with. You know, and like I said, we cover basically everything. Stress, the, the, the episode we just did on flat out stress is one of the most popular episodes we've ever done. So, you know, and, and who in their life hasn't had to deal with that? You know, I obviously have dealt with quite a bit in my life and, and I'm the one who's leading the conversation. And then he just brings the, the knowledge about how to look at things, like I said, with that kind of authoritative knowledge behind it. Yeah, most definitely. And how did you guys thought about this? You know, how, how did you meet the priest to be even thinking that this would be a good idea? Yeah. So like I said, we started in 17. And for people who can't remember that far back in 2017, basically the entire world wanted to kill the other half of the world because there was an orange guy as the president. That was life. Like everyone hated Trump or they loved Trump and there was no middle ground. And there was a lot of division just taking off everywhere. And that's really kind of what we wanted to start with was how are we trying to get around this problem of trying to like heal people? And ultimately, you know, God heals everything. So why don't we just try to figure out that solution? Then that was the idea that was in my head. Then it was with who and how could we possibly make this happen? Where I live in Pittsburgh, there's a, essentially a radio station that is it's called One Body. And it's, it's priests trying to evangelize people and tell people uh, basically the same concept, a quiet place of prayer where you can reflect it. Now, ours is a slight different because we really don't do prayer as much on there, but talk about practical applications of what prayer does rather than focusing on the specific words someone says, more so the attention and, and the benefits that come out of it. So basically, I just sent him an email on the Thanksgiving of that year, seeing that the world was going crazy and saying if he wanted to try something. And, you know, we tried it and we're Five years later, obviously, the episodes we do now are much better than the ones we started at. We both kind of learned on the fly. And, you know, it took probably a year to figure out what we were really doing. But now we have it settled in where we're able to discuss all kinds of different things and, and kind of put in, in the practical thoughts that some are just moral questions and, and how we figure out. But some things are just, hey, this happened to me. And you know, this is what I went through. I don't know if it was right or not. And you know, he tells me I'm wrong quite a bit. But there's no way around that. So and I think that's part of it. You know, you learn what is right and what is wrong. And that's part of it. Like, as you mentioned, we just did that episode on the death penalty. He yelled at me for thinking about things the wrong way. Not necessarily that I came to the wrong conclusion, but how I got there and the process of how we can think about things and put yourself in a virtuous standpoint. At the end of the day, that's really what the benefits are, is when you live the virtuous standpoint. Particularly the four main ones of the cardinal virtues being temperance, controlling yourself is, is a way to look at that. Not, not eating too much, not getting too angry, controlling yourself. Prudence, thinking about things, making your mind stronger. Courage, you know, stepping up and actually articulating what it is that, that you need to articulate. And then obviously faith and practicing your faith, which is justice. The actually practicing your faith is the virtue of justice there. So that's the kind of the four things. And as you practice them and you realize them like, I wish my neighbor had all of these, then life would be so much better there. And then we really try to focus on the best way for your neighbor to have more of these is for you to. 
and then how to do that. And really in doing that, you're living what God is calling you to do and inherently making it easier to have relationships because most of us tend to have relationships with people that are fairly similar to us in some capacity, not certainly not all, but in some capacities. So as we start to become more virtuous as God was or is, it makes us easier to relate and kind of get more on the same page there. I agree. I think the way that you were able to explain it just made sense to everything else that I was speaking with other guests about, you know, they would constantly say to finally feel aligned, you need to walk into your purpose. But I think once you walk into your purpose, you kind of is finally accepting what God has for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And God gives you that peace and the grace to actually handle everything. And I totally understand with what you're saying when you said you started off a little rocky, but now you guys know what you guys are doing. And I totally agree because when I first started, I listened to the to the first couple episodes and I just, uh, I cringe. Yeah. Sure, yeah, no, that's life. Um, yeah, and for us, the, just the technology, just the, the side and the podcast world has grown so much in the last five years. It, it's astronomical. So it just refinement for the viewer to have an easy listening. Those first ones do not seem like modern podcasts you listen from, from other people here today. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I guess to get back onto the topic, this question keeps on coming to my head. So I feel like I have to say it. Why do you think it is so important for people to try and have a relationship with God? Well, first off, if you don't try, you won't. That's the black and white writing on the wall. If you don't try something, you're never going to get there. But the upside, it really is, is you end up being, just pick one of the virtues of that I just went through, not even all of them, just, just prudence, for example, just learning more and becoming more intelligent. And then each answer you get opens up more questions, whether you're talking about trying to figure out how to make the absolute best microchip in the world, or whether it's why are we here? What is the purpose of life? Life? Should I have children? Should I continue this relationship? Should I try to date this other person instead? And that's really kind of what prudence is, teaches you how to do that thought experiment. So if you were fully able to do that, you'd be able to logically look at things and go, well, this person tends to act like this. So because they're acting like this, I can kind of see that they would end result be better at this task or another. So if you were a, you know, a manager and you knew just implicitly what your people were best at and how to bring the best out of them, you know, you'd be the best manager ever. And that's part of the practice of prudence. When, when we think about coaches and stuff, that's what they do. So the benefit of this is that you get better at virtues the more you practice them. And the more you practice virtues, the closer you get to God. And then those graces that you discussed start to pour out in ways that you never even thought were fatten and certainly not measurable. And that's really the, the benefits therein. Most definitely. And I think the one of the biggest things that I always hear from people is that they d either don't want to have a relationship with God because they're angry with him. What would you say in regards to the people who have that type of mindset? I get it. I mean, because one of the things that we, we've discussed this, that this very topic a bunch, because one of the things is, is that, you know, you know, from intellectually that, that God is all powerful and at its core, you know, God has to be good because if he wasn't, we wouldn't be here because there's no way we are not annoying. I just look at that as a, as a starting point there. 
But at the same time, why does he allow bad things to happen? He could stop hurricanes from coming and destroying places. He could stop all the natural disasters. You know, if he wanted, he could snap his fingers and Putin would disappear. All of that is possible, but that doesn't happen. So part of it is, is that why are you angry with God? And when we kind of delve into that process and really look at it objectively, and when I say objectively, I mean this in two different ways. The first is that most people really lack the ability to take themselves out of a situation, almost as if you were just forced out of your body and looking at what your body was doing in its interaction with someone else. And just saying, if that was person A, would those actions be acceptable or not if they were done to me? And most people don't really have that ability. And that's certainly something that I would welcome everyone as a practical challenge to to try to work on. So that's process one, as far as looking at things clearly and objectively. If this were me, how would I look at it? And the second part of it is all of us have these unconscious things that are baked into us from childhood. Because now we have adult minds rather than children minds. And unfortunately, less and less people are making that step from childhood to adulthood mentally. We're not allowed to talk about that, but it's society and it's a thing. So what we really need to do is evaluate, is this thought process I'm doing actually practical and logical, or is this just what my four-year-old mind built so I could have more cookies? And when we start to dive into this, we start to see that normally this anger that we have is either A, misjustified or B, misdirected. And going through that process and opening up, it's scary because it's going to show you that something is wrong. Maybe it's a different relationship that's wrong. Maybe you're really supposed to be you know, mad at your mom and you just don't know it. You don't know how to articulate it. Um, But really staying in that state of anger isn't profitable either. It's not really beneficial at all. What's beneficial is realizing why, you know, what was that pain that that caused this? And sometimes looking back, it's, it's so insignificant, but it was so massive at the time. And that's what I mean by looking at it kind of more through an adult mind rather than thinking about it as, oh, they didn't like my outfit I was wearing at eighth grade. Like, you know, like, does that really matter? Is that a reason to burn a bridge with someone? And as we look at it through human context, it really kind of opens it up to to spiritual context. And then obviously the hardest one is if someone's close to you dies by tragedy and, you know, Unfortunately, there's nothing that can be done about that aside from, you know, live the beneficial things you had with that person. And that's part of the the essence of the faith too, is that they're not gone forever. It's not that, you know, your spouse or your grandfather is gone forever. You can still have a relationship with them really through God. And that's part of it. Yeah, I like that. And I think a lot of things that kept on popping up in my mind when you were talking is, and you made some great, great valid points. And that's what made me think about the fact that a lot of people would also counter say everything happens for a reason. You know, God has a plan for everything. And if you are able to put yourself in an outside mindset as an adult mindset or just someone who's able to just take themselves out of personally putting themselves into the situation, do you think that actually helps you understand that statement? Well, I kind of don't agree with the statement that God has a plan for everything. I think the more accurate way to look at it is God will turn everything to the good and give the potential to turn everything to the good or better. And the reason I disagree with the, the starting statement is it diminishes free will. And that's something that we all absolutely have and are accountable to. You know, if flat out, if we were just lived like a programmed, like a non-playable character in a video game and we were just programmed it, well, then there's no point for a judgment. We had no choices. 
choices. You know, there is no judgment, but at the end of the day, bad things are going to happen because Hey, we all have the ability to make the wrong choice. And it might not even be like malicious. Like it might just be, you know, mistakes happen, or we were trying to do something we legitimately thought was going to be a good idea, but it didn't work. So then do we have the courage to acknowledge that this was a bad idea and to course correct? And I think that we all can think of times in our lives that we have been affected by someone who made a bad idea and we were stuck with it, you know, depending yeah. on what state you lived in, you're still living it with the way the government's treating you, or it can be something more personal. Like, did it feel like I was the less preferential daughter? Did it always feel like they liked her more than me or whatever? And you can look at things and go, well, no, he might've just treated her different because her personality is different than me. He just didn't understand my personality because it was different than his too. So you know, these are things that, that we can look at as adults, you know, how did our parents look at us like that? And how do other people, you know, react to us? So the, I guess as a starting point is all of these reflections and looking back are opportunities to build bridges and to make things better, because these are all spots that most of us will never look at and never examine. You know, what is the blind spot of my life? Inherently, it's a blind spot. We don't know it's there. You have to actively go and look for it. And that's one of the things that putting yourself in quiet prayer, these things will just reflect. And as you mentioned here, you just keep getting something in your head that you feel you have to say. You know, to me, that's kind of the subconscious and God trying to make sure you get it out there. You know, if, if it's hitting you, figure out a way to say it, both in the context of this conversation, but wherever you are in your span of life. Yeah, thank you for that. And I guess to go back to referencing what you just said earlier about free will, because that's true. We don't really take into consideration free will has a big impact on life in general, you know, and I think people do need to take into consideration that the reason why somebody did bad it was because of a choice they decided to make, you know, and like you said, God could easily switch it, but that's a choice somebody literally chose to make. Putin is making that choice to do these things. People are choosing to kill other people. People are choosing to be evil and cruel and corrupt, but I feel that people forget about that free will, you know, and they just put the pressure on God as if he's supposed to wave his hand and everything's supposed to be all peachy keen, you know, and I don't think that's fair, to be honest, in my personal opinion. Well, I agree with you because it's also not fair to yourself. So because what it essentially does is it essentially makes you a powerless victim and saying that yeah. whatever I do is irrelevant. And that's flat out not true. Yes. Obviously, we were all born into a different family on a different place on this earth at a different time. That's all true. And there's nothing we can do about that. But now that we're here, we can control what we say, how we treat our bodies, how we treat our minds, how we treat each other. You know, all of that stuff is stuff that we can control. You know, can I really control that the weather today is going to be 90 degrees? No, it is what it is. So is it worth getting upset about and or anything like that? No, it just means I'm going to wear shorts instead of jeans today. It's not really the end of the world. Yeah. So I think that putting yourself into that state of being anger really holds yourself back. And really does rather than, yeah, I mean, it's harder now. It's certainly harder to live without someone who you were close to or to have them, you know, move away. You're thinking about children examples, you know, they move to a different state or whatever. I'm never going to see them again. And that's partially the various face that depending upon which one we're talking about here, they all teach, you know, you will see people again, you will be with them again. And it's ultimately always through the glory of God at the end of the day. 
Yeah, that's great. Oh, this has been such a great conversation, Joe. You really got my mind just turning and just thinking about so many things. And I love it. I love conversations like this because it's sincere and it's real. And everything that you have been saying has on point. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any advice that you can possibly give myself or to my audience that may be listening? Well, a call to action that everyone can do is practice. I mean, at the end of the day, you practice becoming close to God in two fundamental ways. First is prayer, just putting yourself in a quiet place and praying. Obviously, the more structured it is, the more people do it. And that's just a, a fact of life, you know? So, you know, whether it be like I do with my son and we say the same five prayers before we go to bed. I mean, that's just part of, of his sleeping routine. So that's certainly part of it. And when you're in these quiet places, whether you're physically reciting a prayer or thinking about it in your head, our minds have this ability to think of other things at the same time. I don't know why it is. It just is. So things that come up that you may not have thought of in forever will come up. And I guess my first point of advice would be listen to those kind of explore. You know, why am I thinking about that? Why did this randomly pop into my head? And is it something that I'd be better off for exploring? And the yeah. second thing that I would say is do something about it. Obviously, we can't march down to DC and take all the powers of the presidency, but there are things we can very do that will have very big impact. You know, who's someone that's an important relationship in your life that you wish was better? Before the end of the day, call that person. You know, whether it's your spouse or a child or a parent you haven't talked to in forever, just do something about it. and actually call. Don't use Instagram. Don't text. Actually call. You know, Facebook is good for many things. Communication is not one of them. So that's a fact of life. And that's the two things I would really recommend is, is try to put yourself in actually a prayerful state in saying prayers and then finding a relationship you want to make better and doing something about it. And the easiest way to do that, I would say, is just call. Use that app you probably buried in the back of your phone to actually call someone and do it. Awesome. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate that. And anybody who's listening who wants to know more about Joe and his podcast, just go to my special guest. You'll see his picture there and you have a link directly to his website for his podcast. Listen to Father and Joe. Joe I apologize. Yeah. And it will really make you think and it will really make you consider your relationship with God differently. And I think we all need to do that. We all need to just take a moment and really reflect on, do you have a relationship with God? And if you don't, maybe you should start. Maybe this is your sign, your little light bulb that maybe you should start one before it's too late. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you guys take care, be safe. Till next time, y'all. Bye.